This is the Personal Finance Show. Hello, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is The Personal Finance Show. Who will teach our kids about personal finance? In Canada, parents can open a bank account for their kids when they're really young. Five years old, actually. But at what point do you give them access to that money? At what point do they get a debit card? These are decisions every parent has to make eventually. But it's not enough to give them access to the money that's in their account one day and say, remember to spend responsibly, or... Did you know that if you save just $1 a day, you could have $100,000 by the time you're 65? Do you know how far away 65 is for a 12-year-old? The point is that you may not be the best person to teach your kids about money. With kids, it's not always about how much you know about money. It's about how you communicate with them. And it's about how they learn and how they engage. That's where Dojo comes in. Dojo is an interactive tool to teach your kids about money. It's a smartphone app and a debit card that are connected to your kid's bank account. Parents get a version of the app that has all the spending controls and monitoring abilities. The kid gets the version that tracks their spending and lets them work towards savings goals of their own. You can add money to the kid's account easily by using the app and even set up things like a scheduled allowance. As a parent, you get to see where your kid spends their money and help them make better decisions in real time. For a great overview of what Dojo can do, check out the show notes for a link to a video that was recently created by the Dojo team. And you can also check out their website, dojo.co, that's D-O-J-O dot C-O, and click on the Parents menu. I originally met Chad Cicillo, CEO and co-founder of Dojo, at the Payments Canada Summit in May of 2017. I really liked the idea and I started telling people about it. But I would say, yeah, it's uh, credit cards for kids. And everyone thought I was crazy. Well, of course, it's not credit cards, it's debit cards, which I suppose makes more sense since you can't get a credit card in Canada until you're 18. But no matter the product or the interface, what I liked the most was the idea of raising money smart kids and that Chad and his team took the time to figure out how kids are learning today and they created a product that met them, as Chad says in the interview, where they are. I was happy to see that Dojo had a booth at the Cybos 2017 conference in Toronto, and I really enjoyed chatting with Chad about how he's working to make sure the next generation is even better at managing money than we are. Welcome, Chad. Thanks for having me, Bo. I met you at the Payments Canada Summit in May, May of this year, 2017, and you were there kind of just showcasing Dojo to the attendees there as well, right? That's right. And yeah. we're here at Cybos, which is the biggest conference I've ever been to in my entire life. It's huge here. It's insane. It's insane. The scale of things, and if anyone's listened to my other podcasts about this, you'll understand, but everybody that has anything to do with payments and financial services is here. It, this is the highest concentration yeah. of bankers that I've ever been in. It's scary. It right? is very scary. Yeah, <laughs> but we need them. We need them. We need we them. We can't do without them. And we'll we'll maybe explain more why later, but we do need them. Um, so Dojo, I really like the idea. 
why don't you just give us a quick intro to what Dojo is? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dojo is a effectively a personal financial management platform, but designed specifically for kids. And so when we started developing the software, what we thought about is how do kids interact with apps and devices today? What are the tools that they go to and how are they learning from them? And we decided we needed to create a banking experience for them that met them where they are. So that's where we came up with a gamified banking platform, which actually teaches them about money as they go through this game with various content that has games that are similar to Brain Age games and Luminosity games, but also YouTube videos that are tuned in the type of videos that they're watching. For example, my son who's nine watches a lot of Lego assembly videos, so that type of thing, but then also teaching them about the finance around that Lego piece and maybe giving him the opportunity to save for it. So what we do is we actually sell that platform to the banks and they directly connect it to their youth accounts and then they float it up to their customers, to the kids, through their own banking app. So it's a white labeled solution. That's uh, pretty awesome. So you're basically combining financial education for kids and this isn't just an education app. This is, they're going to be able to use real money in this, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's the big difference here. I mean, there's a, like you said, there's a yeah. bunch of different apps out there, and I'm sure you can learn about finances, yeah. but mm -hmm. this one is meant to teach them real money lessons. That was really important to us right from the get-go in, in terms of the conception of the entire product is we knew that if we were going to teach kids about money, they had to actually be using money in an environment which was, first of all, safe, and there are some controls that the parents had, which they have, but also one where the kids could actually make a few monetary mistakes on their own, but do it in a safe environment before they get out into the real world and get themselves into trouble. So it had to be attached to bank accounts directly in order to give kids that experience. So I'm saving up for my piano lessons, Yep. perhaps, or something that I might actually want to be doing, yep. like so a drum set or something. Sure. And I go out and I, I can buy it myself or I can go and spend it all on candy. <laughs> and if I Which do, do. <laughs> my parents are going to know about it though. Yes. And I'll probably get in trouble. Yeah. And I'm going to learn a little bit of a lesson. Yeah. So, so, but when I, uh, we can talk about the mechanics in a little bit of sure. it. You know, I've talked to people about this and that's what they say. Oh, my kid would just go buy a bunch of cigarettes, right? <laughs> and, uh, and I'm thinking, okay, so what if your kid wanted to go buy a bunch of cigarettes? Now he's not going to get the jump set. I mean, this is, kids got to make their choices, right? Right. And you got to right. learn that if you, because, I mean, you don't want to wait until you, you have a student loan for your first year university and you spend it on clothes. Precisely. And now you have to drop out of school. You don't want to wait for that. I'd rather have the cigarette versus drum set thing yeah. happen when I'm 16 or whatever age. Yeah then have a, one that's actually really going to mess up my life. And you're actually describing the case scenario that a lot of banks uh, describe to us as well about their customers okay. and that they get into their first credit facility, whatever oh, that might be, man. a credit card, a student loan, an auto loan, whatever it might be, but they don't spend it as it was intended. The auto loan's a little bit harder, but student loans certainly, they have more freedom. Sure. And then they get themselves into further financial trouble. So that was one of the main reasons we started this, is we want banks to basically be able to create better customers and not have these kids that are perpetually in debt. There's a study, you saw it at the presentation we gave earlier today, mm -hmm. that Time Magazine wrote about that was performed by the Ohio State University in the States, but it's true for Canadians as well, in that kids today are actually racking up more credit card debt and they are slower at paying it off than any other generation before them. And is it because they don't understand what, what's happening? They don't understand that 
the amount of money that they're wasting on interest and how it's going to catch up to them? That's a good question. The exact reason as to why is somewhat inconclusive, but uh, we just know the trend is in fact happening, right? Yeah. It might be a bit of bravado, it might be um, status and Instagram and the pressures that are involved with social media today are just greater than they were in the past. Uh, the whole keeping up with the Joneses piece. My friend went to Peru to Machu Picchu. Now I gotta go to Peru to Machu Picchu and uh, you know I've let's been. I've been. The car. Should I not tell anyone? So have you been? They don't have the yet. Oh, I want to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we're let's doing it now. We're doing it? it now. Except you probably have the money to go. Nah. Meanwhile, <laughs> you know, someone in the early twenties. I'm gonna 20s, save for it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. That's gonna be one of your goals in the app but uh, no i do recommend it i'm a big fan of peru and cool. especially going to machu picchu yeah yeah so exactly how it works yeah just talk about the app a little bit yeah um, sure and and uh like so okay let's let's say i have a savings uh, goal or yep. or uh i just i'm a kid yep. i just opened up a bank account and i put some money in there yep. so where does the app come in so the app comes in and helping you manage that money Okay. So first of all, from the parents' side, the parents have unique controls over how the money can be spent on their debit card. So okay. of course, if it was set up at any of the big five in Canada, they would receive a debit card from that bank. Because they can, uh, kids can they get can. debit cards. Yeah, in Canada, you can have a bank account from age, uh, day one, you know, from the age Perfect. of zero. Babies. Yeah. Exactly. And it's uh, uh, then, of course, connected to the parents' account through our app. And then the parents can set, for example, a per spend limit or a daily limit okay. or a weekly limit. So there right? are or all three. Uh, yeah. th these are good checks to have in yeah. place so yeah. that if you are worried about your kid going crazy, then you don't, you're limited. Correct. And you can stop it and right. have a conversation before it gets out of hand. Yeah, the example I always give, and I'm going to date myself here a little bit. I, I grew up in a very small town in Saskatchewan, but every Friday, my brother, my older brother and I would line up to get our allowance and it was five bucks and then we would go to the local movie theater we only had one right and there was only one movie playing there was yeah. no other option i grew up in a, a small town too go, there you yeah, go. Go we were towny all right so <laughs> we, we speak the same language we just winked at each other <laughs> so the movie was two bucks okay. popcorn was 50 cents and a pop was 50 cents and then we had two bucks for the rest of the week and we had to manage that Right, but that was it. Yeah. So in terms of that limit, like that weekly limit, it's the same kind of idea. You know, if you're giving your kid an allowance of 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever it is, that's it. That's all they can spend. And if you set that weekly limit at 20 bucks, and even with money that they've saved, they won't be able to spend beyond that. Because yeah, it's the, because you have a, a savings account and a spending account that's in, right. in, in the in the app. Let's just say the app is, uh, you know, I know it's just a portal to the real that's accounts right. that are yeah. there, but the app is what they see, yeah. right? Yeah. Except when they go to spend and buy something, then yeah. they're going to use the debit card yeah. to buy that. Yeah. Up to whatever has been made available to them. That's right. Through. And the parents have to release uh, that, right? So the parents have already given them that limit. So the okay. parent, there's no intermediary action where the where the kid wants to spend money. They have to ask for permission. Okay. So they, the kids the are given go. freedom in that yeah. respect. So they can go and buy it on whatever they want. But sure. the parents are going to be notified of what where they purchased. Yes. Right. So if they're buying Starbucks unicorn poop, you know whatever yeah. that. Uh, oh, the frappuccino. That, was. that thing that everybody wanted and all right. the Starbucks employees hated making. <laughs> Is that was yeah. that? Right? Oh, the, 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 the story. I could imagine. Imagine, they yeah. just want, they all hated their lives right. for, for whatever time that was that. Yeah. So yeah, if they're going to Starbucks every single day after school and they're spending five bucks on, on Frappuccinos, then we'll detect that. We'll be, of course be notifying the parents, but through our detection, we'll also be uh, sending the kids the lesson. Don't go to Starbucks every single day. Why don't you go try going one less day per week and put that five bucks towards your savings goal and you'll arrive here in the next six weeks by doing that. So that's the other layer. So mm -hmm. it's not just 
a way for parents to monitor and control spending. That's right. Then you have the programming in the app, which is triggered by by certain activities by the kids. That's right. And so tips and other things will come up. Yeah. Then you have the whole game part of it too. Yeah, it sounds like it's separate, but we've done a, a really great job on creating a, a very unified user, user uh, experience that, mm -hmm. that just ties it all together really well. The best example, or my favorite example anyway, is talking about an emergency savings goal. Yeah. So, you know, as adults, we, we should have them. Very few people actually have them. And I very want few, everyone to have them. It's me too, you know, <laughs> and uh, my wife and I worked very hard to, uh, to put our little nut away to make sure that we had that uh, rainy day fund. And I, I feel so much more secure in my life knowing that it's there. But teaching that very fundamental lesson to a kid, or even the concept of an emergency, what's an emergency to a kid? You yeah. know, to an eight-year-old, it might be a flat tire on his bike. To a 16-year-old, it's probably a broken iPhone, right? Like that is yeah. what, that's the, life and death what's circumstances an there, <laughs> right? So what we do is we actually um, step them through the game, and then there's like this character and leaderboard position where they can actually earn experience points. Okay. And so for an eight-year-old, for example, he might start off as a ninja, yeah. and then he wants to uh, become a sumo wrestler, and he sees his friends on the leaderboard who become sumo wrestlers. So he's going to enter into the emergency savings goal level. And in that level, he's going to be presented either a video, if he's responded well to videos before, or okay. a game, if he's responded well to games before. After that game is completed, there'll be a kernel of knowledge that's inserted into that that they won't even know they've learned. Some key theme in Some there. Some key theme, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then we'll ask him a question about it afterwards. So how many months should you have stored away for emergency savings? And then we'll give them a bubble list, and they have to click the right bubble. And once they've hit the right answer, then they'll move forward to the next screen. And then we actually capture information back for them. Okay. So we ask them, what does an emergency mean to you? So we're constantly learning and adjusting our content to make sure that we can improve the system over time. So once we've captured that information, then they move forward and they've unlocked that character, but they can't actually upgrade to that character until they create an actual emergency savings goal. So the key here is this is called our Teachable Moments technology, is that we take high level concepts and we bring them down through the game and we kind of trick kids into learning and then we make them actually execute on what they've learned. So there's an immediate actionable item to create a real emergency savings goal. And it's created at the bank. Their money has started to save into that every month from their allowance. Now they have a little bit less to spend from their allowance and they might even go negotiate with mom and dad for two bucks more a week or something. And, and they're learning a new skill and they're learning negotiation, <laughs> which everybody needs. That's a needs. lesson we haven't actually <laughs> built out yet. I hadn't thought of that. But I like that. I yeah. really like the idea of teachable moments. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the, I'd like to think that everyone can just uh, sit down and say, okay, 10% of whatever I make is going into the savings right. account and That's one of our do lessons. it diligently yeah. without yeah. an app, without help. But you know, what's uh, becoming more of a reality to me is that uh, people need all the help that they can get. Yes. You know, they, yeah. If they don't want help from a personal finance coach like me, yeah. but even if they do have me, if everything kind of pointed you in the right direction to a healthy financial life, yeah. and it, it was seamless and it didn't even seem like it was doing that, right. doesn't that seem ideal? So many people yeah. are getting into trouble. Yeah. And a lot of it, some of it is just, you know, like I had mental health issues, uh, you know, addiction issues. Mm -hmm. And so that is what threw me into debt. Right. But a lot of people are doing it based on just lack of knowledge, lack of understanding yeah. of what they're doing. Yeah. You know, I was, I was that idiot as well. You were, yeah. Oh, I was what? terrible with money when I was younger. Yeah. And I, this is one of the reasons I started this company is I, 
you know, when I was uh, after university, I, I racked up about twenty-five thousand dollars in credit card debt. Wow! And you know, like I took my girlfriend on a cruise, and wow, so I, like frivolous stuff, stupid, just, just, stupid stuff. Yeah, I mean, I know. was gambling, so I kind okay. of have an excuse, but right. I don't know. I don't know if you do. Man, I'm, mine was was, <laughs> was, was cruises with blue-haired old women. <laughs> wow! It's just and and so yeah. What uh, you know, all joking aside, yeah. what what was the reason? in your opinion now or in reflection, why, why do you feel that you, you did the overspending like that? Or do you feel like you could spend it? You know, that's a really good question. And I have thought about that. I had a great conversation with another one of our co-founders about this recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were just trying to going through that self-reflection exercise as to why were we bad with money when we were kids? Yeah, well, was, you know? was there a cause? I think it, for me, what it was is uh, I was going to McGill University. I was in a great program which had a great future in front of it. And I kind of felt like I was invincible. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'll pay it off later when I'm making millions. I when hear I'm you. a baller. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Complete idiocy. I had no kind of grip on reality. I think that's more common than you might yeah. think, right? It's, yeah. it's uh, yeah, the um, nothing, I can never get sick, nothing will ever right. happen to me. Right. And unfortunately what happens is people get these crazy reality checks. Yeah. And yeah. did you get one of those? Oh yeah. What, yeah. what was your reality check? How did you, you didn't get the job that you... Uh, I didn't get the job that I wanted, yeah. right? Um, I wasn't as good a musician as okay. I thought I okay. was. Well, what, <laughs> were, what were you studying? Uh, jazz piano. I, well, it, was, it was computer music applications. That's but, amazing. Uh, jazz piano, yeah. Have we yeah. talked about this? You know what? I'm a piano player as well. I do, yeah. yeah. We, did, yeah. we talked about this we talked at Payments, about it yeah, Payments yeah, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so jazz piano, yeah. and you, you tried to make a career out of it, and, and, and it just didn't go. I, I realized that I wasn't as uh, hot. Can I swear on them? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> as hot shit it's as I podcast. thought it was. It's a You can say whatever right, you like. Right, sorry. I mean, you know, yeah. let's, let's not overdo it. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it to that word. Right, that's yeah. right. <laughs> My kids might listen, right? That's right. Exactly. They yeah. might want to listen. But so, yeah, you, you weren't the hot shit, as you were saying, yeah. as you thought. And, yeah. and so what So the dollars didn't start rolling in as I, I thought they would be. And so what did I have to do? Yeah. Because I had to actually start, because I was in debt, I was servicing that debt, and it basically handcuffed me from going on and continuing my dream to actually become a better musician. Mm. I couldn't practice eight hours a day. You couldn't, right? you didn't have the freedom. I uh, didn't it, have you the know, freedom. Having an emergency fund or right. you know, control over your savings yeah. or whatever, it gives you freedom. People think that it's a, a prison sentence, right? Oh, it is the exact opposite. It, it is. And, and I wanted to, you said servicing versus paying down. And I want to talk about the difference between yeah. those two things. Yeah. So, when you say servicing, you're saying basically keeping afloat, right? Yeah, I was just revolving, right? Like the banks actually- It never gets lower. Never gets lower. And, and when I would, say for example, I, I came into a couple grand and I would put it on the card and I would bring that limit down a little bit. I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> now, now Drinks are on me. Oh, man. What a, what a, <laughs> I was an idiot. And it's not, it's not a rare thing, which is unfortunate. No, it's no. not a rare mentality. I mean, right. they did a whole article about I think he uh, was making 130 or something a year and just spending all of it, taking weekend trips, going right. to Vegas. It was in, I think it was a Toronto Life article about, right. I'm not gonna save for a down payment, I don't need it, I'll yeah. do it later. Yeah. And what happens is that then you have the contrast articles, I think this one was on the, in the Walrus mm -hmm. uh, back in May, uh, uh, maybe during the payments uh, uh, conference because it was the people who, um, 
just decided, even though they were in lots of debt, yeah. to go on a, a, a trip for Christmas with the family and just put it on the thing. And then when he came back, he got laid off. And so, oh, and no. then uh, she had some trouble after having a third uh, baby. And so she couldn't work. And so now they're both out of work. They got to right. pay off this trip, plus all the loans that they had. Oh, and so everything yeah. just balloons, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's because- That's compounding right there. That, exactly. Yeah. So, but, and that's that's like kind of the worst of it, mm. but it's not that uncommon. And no, that's life. People, it's life. Life yeah. happens. So why do we t like you know people are like oh, emergency fund? Whatever. The reason we talk about it so much and we yeah. say emergency fund is because when that happens, yeah. you go and get that money right. that you saved and use it right. to live. Right. And I don't know why that's so difficult for a lot of people to understand. I think maybe yeah. you have to go through it. Right. You have to maybe not be able to pay your rent for a month to right. be able to understand how important it is to have five or six or seven months rent so saved up. That's exactly why we called the company Dojo, in fact. Okay, yeah. So what? A, a dojo yeah. is a karate dojo, right? Yeah. It's where you go to get the crap kicked out of you <laughs> in a safe environment before okay. you get out into a real fight in the real world. Well, yeah, because right? you said... But you learn the skills. You right? said, and maybe not uh, right now, but you said earlier in the presentation, mm -hmm. you want kids to get in trouble. We want them to have, you know, the odd slip-up yeah. in that safe environment. You know, and, and that slip-up will then lead to a conversation. You know, dojo, our, our purpose is to nurture relationships at the end of the day. Okay. And, and that means creating removing, I should say, the stigma of talking about money, right, and really creating a, uh, a fluid line of communication between your parents, your other family members about money. We're all going to hit some sort of financial distress in our lives, yeah. every single one of us, even yeah. rich and poor. So if you don't have the skills to talk about it, right, and work out solutions together, you're going to be in big trouble. And I, and I think everyone likes to turn to, my parents didn't teach me anything or whatever, but yeah. it, I think that just comes down to a generational thing. They, I agree. They, were, they weren't supposed to. It wasn't their yeah. place. What were the three things you're not supposed to speak about at dinner? <laughs> uh, money, religion, and probably sex. Probably sex. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, oh, no, uh, no, no, politics. Pol politics. Okay, that's but it. There's four of them. Yeah, okay, four. <laughs> Money, I, I like to think, is becoming more right. of an open thing. Right. And I don't know, even more important, right? And they're starting to teach it yeah. in school, though, now, a little bit? A little bit, yeah. You know, the, there's no, uh, in, in school, in curriculums, they have these things called uh, prescribed outcomes, right? Okay. And so a prescribed outcome is, let's say that there's, this concept needs to be taught in class and tested upon to show that the child has that knowledge in order to move on in the grade. Okay. Uh, and it's the same across all grades. Now, how the teacher communicates that knowledge to them, teaches that knowledge to them, is largely up to the teacher, right? And so that's one of the things that we actually want to provide to teachers in the future. We, we don't have it now, but when that financial knowledge piece comes into the class, mm -hmm. we want Dojo to be that platform, that tool that they would use to teach that prescribed outcome. And right. would they have to get they have to get buy-in from the parents, of course, correct, and all of that, yeah. and and so probably a, a couple of uh, of things that you have to go through administratively to right. to get this done. But it's a product that is ready to go yeah. and exists, yeah. and uh, and you're gonna keep developing it and working on yeah. like different videos and yeah. stuff and yeah. different educational things. Is is this happening right now? Yeah, yeah. So we have um, in Canada, the only place that uh, you're going to be able to get it from is ATV Financial in Alberta right now. Okay. Um, but we're in conversations uh, with, we've, we've spoken to all the big five banks, but we don't expect anything to happen with them for a while until we're a little bit more de-risked as a company. Sure. And we understand that. So 
But so we're working with uh, more of the mid-tier group of uh, financial institutions, so credit unions, smaller okay. credit unions. Yeah. Um, we're discussions with credit unions across the country. And we're also very close to uh, closing some deals with some credit unions in the United States as well. Oh, nice. And that's what we plan to do. We want to basically make Dojo available through financial institutions uh, across the United States and Canada so that we basically hit every geography uh, across the U.S. and Canada over the next two years. And so you, you can't download the Dojo app yourself? You cannot. You can't, no. okay. Yeah, it has to actually come through your financial institution. Yeah. So it, for the banks, um, when you look at it, like this kind of leads to the question of why would the banks do this? Right? Yeah. So why do the banks want better customers? <laughs> well, that sounds pretty uh, like a good idea to me. Right, it, it, it does, Doesn't yeah. everyone uh, want better customers? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So the banks right now, like re credit cards are an incredibly profitable area for them. Okay. The argument that resonates with them though all the time is uh, you, there is an actual business case for this where there is going to be an increase in savings, of course, and then that basically allows the bank to then lend those savings out. Right. Yeah, so, so banks are very good at taking deposits and lending them out. Yeah. That's their business. That's, the, that's, the, that's right? what banking is. I Following, wrote a whole article about that. Yeah. Fraud, <laughs> compliance, customer service, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. That's what they're good at. So when they take those savings, they can lend them out and then they make money on what's called the spread. Yeah. Right. So they actually will increase the savings enough that it'll more than pay for this program. So okay. we believe that it's their fiduciary duty to actually provide dojo to their kids. Yeah, right? so uh, I mean, if we can talk about fiduciary yeah. uh, for a little bit. So people like to think that banks have their best interests in mind, and is, is, mm. is that actually true? Do they have this responsibility to right. help their clients do what is right for them in their situation? They don't have that responsibility. It's not That's legal? Not, not a legal well, responsibility? It, it technically is, okay. right? But yes. do they act upon it properly? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not qualified to fully comment on that. Yeah. Um, all I can say is that we try to provide them with a tool that will help them get there. Well, and I guess the other question is, should should they be? Like, because oh, uh, yes. banks are there to, to make money, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, let's not let's not uh, try to kid ourselves. Yeah. Banks exist to make money. Yeah. So if I want a credit card and it's going to be a 20% interest credit card, right. and I say, hey, bank, can I have one? As a bank, I, I, can, I probably can't say no, right? right? Even though... I probably should maybe because they have right. four other credit cards. Right. It's really hard to trust when a, a bank says yeah. you can have this or have that. So yeah. so Dojo kind of gets in the way with, with, uh, with them making actual money. real advice, yeah. like yeah. real real lessons. Right. Right. So that you can real because well let me let me yeah. put it this way. So the, the lesson that we would like to obviously instill in in kids and and we want to expand this to all age groups as we grow. Okay. But the lesson we really want to instill in them and the message we want to leave with the banks is that would you rather have somebody who's constantly in perpetual credit card debt mm -hmm. and is just paying off those interest payments every month yeah. but is not really bringing any true value to the bank sure. except for debt yeah. um, or would you rather have somebody who has uh, saved responsibly uh, enough to uh, service baby one, two, or even three mortgages mm. and is cash flowing two of those mortgages what would the bank rather have on their balance sheet? This debt over here, which potentially could become a loss, yeah, right, or three assets, right, where they have full collateral. You know, it's, well, it's, it makes a lot of sense from the bank's point of view to educate people and create better customers, and they're actually going to make more money on those mortgages and on that customer becoming 
more wealthy as they grow, then more in debt. So even though they're not legally responsible for making sure that we don't make mistakes, right. which you know, and I and I, you know, I wish they, I wish they would have helped me a little bit more in the past, mm -hmm. but. As we just said, it's not their responsibility. We right. need to take responsibility for ourselves. And I think people like to put it off on, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't right. know. But you know, if you're going to get into a financial relationship with something, mm. you have to understand it. Now, I'm one of those guys that you talked about yeah. Yeah. who was, uh, I just had the credit card debt, yeah. right? And yeah. I maxed it out and I was paying whatever. But yeah, yeah guess what? They lost the majority of that money right. when I did my consumer proposal. So right. there's the risk there, right? right? There's a risk for right. them. So it might make sense for, oh yeah, okay, let's just take the debt payments, loss, yeah. right? So, yeah. so they took a loss on me yeah. because, you know, I don't want to mention bank, bank names, I won't, <laughs> but should a big bank yeah. X have increased my credit limit uh, to $19,000 when I was 25 years right. old? Right. Probably not. Right. It was just one of many credit cards I had, yeah. especially when I was in the middle of a, of a gambling crisis. Mm. Uh, you know, when I was heavy, heavy in the addiction, mm. probably didn't help me. I'm well, sure I would have figured out some other way to, right. to, to do something, but having access to that much credit when you're you know, a, a kid, yeah. basically, I just wonder what, you know, what, are the, what rules are governing that. So mm. it's obviously not their responsibility, but you know, mm. they took a loss on me. So yeah, wouldn't it be better if, if they built up and, and taught me some things, whether through Dojo or themselves, yeah. And then, hey, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I got let's a make it through Dojo. Through Dojo. <laughs> I got a couple of mortgages, and I got all right. my RRSP accounts set up yeah. there, and TFSA, and yeah. all my non-registered stuff through their brokerage. Right. Well, you know, wasn't that nice? Now you got millions right. instead of, you know, $40,000 in debt. It's, it, it's literally that equation. And you're absolutely right about, about that. But, the, you know, some of the banks don't seem to think that way. It's right. good that, that you're finding ones to start with that do. And yeah. maybe we can sort of work on the big banks um, in the long run, right? You know, it, it's, um, you, you bring up a good point. Like, the, the banks, I believe, in, the individuals in the banks are all good people, right? And I, sometimes the structure is just not set up to necessarily allow them to always do the right the thing. Rules, the, uh, rules. the rules that were set right. that they ha are bound by. Yeah. So anyone that, uh, that you would speak to, any banker that you would speak to, would agree with the description of the mortgages versus uh, credit card debt. Yeah. Anybody can agree with that. It's easy and it just makes perfect sense. Is the institution set up to actually nurture that, right, and actually develop that? Yeah. And the answer is no. Like the structure is, again, taking deposits and lending them out and lending them at the maximal chargeable interest that they can so that they become as profitable as possible. They have shareholders to answer to they have dividends to pay we yeah, were talking about unfortunately that earlier. i'm one of the I, you know it's like a it's, <laughs> you're one of the recipients of the dividends. it's really yeah. like a love-hate relationship right. because i i own some of the banks because i know mm -hmm. that they're going to be consistently delivering profits oh, certainly. Yeah. but i hate the fact that they exist <laughs> in the first place right uh so it's one of those things where yeah. you know they're not going to be going away right and so whatever we can do dojo or whatever and I want to kind of quickly go back to the trouble aspect because yeah, sure. I think people are so afraid yeah. of making mistakes. Yeah. And it's almost paralyzing, right? Yeah. Can't make a mistake. Oh, I can't go skiing because I might hurt myself. 
You know, yeah. that, like, I remember sure. having that thought when I was younger. And yeah. I had lots of fear. I had attention yeah. deficit disorder. I mean, I still have it, but it's medicated. Right. But before I was medicated, yeah. everything is terrifying. Everything right. was terrifying to me. That was what caused the gambling to happen. Right? Oh, okay. It was a coping mechanism for my inability to, to deal with life. Oh, I didn't know that. Right, yes. Yeah. And, and, and uh, usually an addiction, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a... Uh, licensed therapist or counselor or uh, you know or addiction specialist right um, a lot of times an addiction is a result of something else that's going on in your life right, right. money problems usually have nothing to do with money right right it's something else right that's right. why I asked you you know why did you go in the 25 grand and spend that when you were younger yeah. and so and your condition was entitlement right yeah. or, or yeah. just um, maybe you're just trying to have some fun Right. Well, you know, there's there's other pieces to it too. Like my my mom was a, a branch manager of a bank. Wow. Okay. Right. Like yeah. you would think she probably <laughs> should have taught us a little bit about money, right? But hey, my dad's a dentist, and I still got some cavities. Okay. It's, you know, it's not it's not always yeah, okay, their okay, fault. Okay. Fair. 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 All right. I guess you know, and, and part of it was that though. Like I I remember when I was younger, I would always kind of say to people I was proud of what my mom did you know she managed the the branch yeah. in my town and the, the surrounding towns and everybody like knows her they trust her. yeah yeah, yeah I was I was uh, yeah it was it was a point of pride and so you know I, I covered it up as a result of that and in fact I covered it up from my family I didn't mm. tell my mom at all yeah she's probably gonna learn more about it in this podcast <laughs> than she knows right? <laughs> that's right so thank you for the therapy and I'm sorry uh, sorry mom <laughs> nah, that's okay. That's okay. She'll, she'll manage <laughs> we're, we're fine now we're fine. good good um, but yeah I think you're right there is more to it right and I think it comes down to again communication right um, in a lot of the problems that we have in life are about communication that's why we you know about nurturing relationships is really important to us open the communication open the, communication. Open the lines yeah like if there's a bit of trouble with your money let's get to it right let's let's address it together let's not get angry about it let's not you know go over the top about this let's let's solve it and so right? for parents who are buying into to dojo they they can't expect their kids to be perfect with the money precisely right? you know, they're going to make mistakes you bought the yeah. wrong thing or you didn't you know you spent way too much on that stuff and right. and uh you know, we were, we trusted you and et cetera. Right. You know, let's not make it into a disaster. Right. Let's let's try to make it into a lesson. Right. And and um, it, it's an opportunity to build your relationship and, and build trust. Really, is, the whole culture of of, uh, of failure is bad. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, what happens is then the kid goes to university and blows their student loan, and then then what do you do? Well, we you know we taught them that failure was uh, was bad, and and now yeah. they're going to just fail and not do anything. Yeah. You know, no, that's like what what's the end result? What do you want your children to learn about money? Right. And then help them learn that. So I actually uh, I'm glad you brought that up. So from the parents' aspect, uh, one of the things in the app that is, and again this comes back to the nurturing relationships piece of yeah. who we are as a company. Okay. We want the parents to be talking to the kids. Uh, we want them to be engaged in what they're doing. Uh, the problem, though, there that we have to solve is most parents, they themselves are not good with money. And second of all, those that are good with money are not necessarily educators. So how do you speak to your kid about different financial concepts when? And we shouldn't expect them to be. I mean, we people have their expertise, right? They're, Precisely. You know, if you're a teacher, yeah. you're a teacher. If you're a financial advisor, you're a financial advisor. Right. Why do we feel that everybody has to be wear all these hats? Right. 
but some people feel like they have to, and then right. they feel inadequate, and then maybe they give some story that doesn't help at all, or they try to teach them right. lessons that make it worse. Right, or it's disconnected from what they are actually zoned into right now, so it's just no, not even relevant, and That's they right. kind of glaze over. They're like, no, I'm thinking about building Lego right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I exactly. talk to me about compound wow. interest later. I'm not even going to understand this. <laughs> right. But yeah, let's, um, let's use whatever we can yeah. right, to, to help. Here at Cybos, it's crazy the kind of diversity of, of, uh, of thought that's here at this conference and all of the different things that are involved in financial services. Yeah. And you know, you're one side of it, and then there's all this regulation. And it, it, but it's all connected, right? I mean, yeah. for you to get into a place where you can um, install this app in, in the banks, they have to deal with regulation. You have to deal with regulation. That's, that's right. what everyone's talking about here. So it, this is kind of like the, the mecca of uh, the future of, mm. of banking. And I, I hope that Dojo plays a, a big part of that. So Yeah, we do too. And, um, you know, the response from the banks and the credit unions has been really great. Uh, they've been really positive And uh, I, I, I do feel that Dojo will be successful. And I hope that we will change the uh, financial outcomes for millions of children. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you both. I appreciate it. And that's it for my interview with Dojo, part two of the Cybos interviews. As Chad mentioned, Dojo is currently only available through ATB Financial in Alberta. So if you're an ATB customer and have kids, please try it out. And I'd like to know what you think. The next episode of the Personal Finance Show will be my East African episode, where I will be speaking with four fintech leaders from Uganda about what banking is like in Uganda and other East African countries and what they are doing to change things for the better. I'm very excited about this one. If you enjoyed this episode of The Personal Finance Show, please listen to the previous episodes and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, check out my blog at investwisely.ca. I would love to hear from you, good or bad, but hopefully good. So please, if you have anything to tell me, email me at bo at investwisely.ca.